0: Hello, and welcome to the Heaven Bound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Shouse, and we are opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life the way it was meant to be and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. Wherever you are, thanks for joining us on the journey today.
1: We're glad to have each of you with us. This month, being the month of November and Thanksgiving at the end of the month, We're focusing upon what we call seasons of blessings, and we're looking at an old hymn that has uh, had a lot of meaning for us through the years. We're looking at the hymn "O Thou Fount of Every Blessing," and we kicked this off last week. And at the end of that podcast, we we played that hymn, and we're going to do that again today as we talk about these things. Last week, our focus was upon the first verse, and we kind of spent some time talking about tuning my heart to sing thy grace and teach me ever to adore thee, and wonderful concepts on that. Well, now we go to the second verse, and let me read that, and then uh, we'll have some things we want to talk about this. O thou fount of every blessing, it says, Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by Thy help I come, and I hope by thy goodness safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God. Here to rescue me from danger, interpose his precious blood. Now, the writer here, Robert Robinson, who wrote this many, many years ago, in his second verse brings up a word that oftentimes makes us just hit the break a moment. <laughs> here I raise my Ebenezer. and He's uh, not talking about Scrooge. Not Ebenezer Scrooge, and it's something that was raised up And so, Jason, let's go down there and let's talk about that.
0: Yeah. If you're reading or listening along and would like to read with us, you can open a Bible back to 1 Samuel chapter 7. If you're driving, don't open a Bible. I'll do my best to, to recap for you clearly. But that reference comes from 1 Samuel chapter 7 in the Old Testament of the Bible. Samuel had become a leader in Israel and As so many of these leaders in that era did, he began by calling people to repentance. We get a, a sense of that in 1 Samuel 7, verses 3 and 4, where he says, if you are returning to the Lord with all your heart, then put away the foreign gods and the Ashtoreth from among you, that a- Ashtoreth was an idol, and direct your heart to the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So, Our narrator tells us the people of Israel put away the Baals and the Ashtoreth, and they served the Lord only. Well, Samuel gathers them in a place called Mizpah. He wants to to pray for them. They, They fast, they abstain from food on a day of sacrifice, and they readily confess, we have sinned against the Lord. But here's where the difficulty comes in. In verse 7, the Philistines, this foreign army, they hear that the people have gathered there at Mizpah and the lords of the Philistines go up against Israel. And when the people of Israel heard it, they were afraid. And so they they desperately cry out to Samuel, don't cease to cry out to the Lord, our God for us, that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. It It, it kind of reminds me of when the children of Israel in the days of the Exodus, they've got the Red Sea in front of them. They've got the Egyptian armies charging behind them. In this case, Samuel offers a sacrifice. He cries out to the Lord for Israel. And I love how scripture simply says, and the Lord answered him in verse 10, as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to attack Israel, but the Lord thundered with a mighty sound that day against the Philistines and threw them into confusion and, and they were defeated before Israel. I mean, get this scene in your mind. This this is not Israel in battle array. They didn't go out there with swords and breastplates and shields and spears. They went out there to worship, right? To offer sacrifices and pray and confess their sins which means there could not be any doubt that day as to who had delivered Israel. It it wasn't themselves. It wasn't Samuel. It was God. And so Samuel takes a stone in 1 Samuel 7 verse 12. He sets it up and he gives it a name. He calls it Ebenezer, for he said, till now the Lord has helped us. Ebenezer means literally stone of help. He sets up this stone and says, God helped us. And this stone is a reminder of that. So, Roger, let me kick it back to you. What do you think our hymn, with that context in mind, what does our hymn writer have in mind when he says, here I
1: raise my Ebenezer? Well, you know, abs- absolutely. He's, he's pulling back from this story here. And so uh, that shows us he was aware of this story in the Bible, which is really neat. I think it does. I think it's also interesting, as you were going through this, that, you know, in, in a period of time when Israel was doing well, they were putting away these idols and they were confessing their sins, that then the Philistines rose up. Mm. The Philistines didn't come when Israel was doing bad. Israel was doing good. That happens in our life sometimes. Sometimes we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, but we will have Philistines rise up in our life and cause turmoil and, and heartache. And so Samuel puts this rock you know, uh, it, it, I would love to have seen the picture of this rock. You know, I, I don't think it's, it was a little rock you can put in your pocket. I imagine it was something that was massive. Uh, it also takes us to when Joshua crossed the Jordan river and they went into the promised land, how the, the Jordan river parted. And he told one man from each tribe to pick up a stone from the bottom of the river And to carry it over and they, they mounted those rocks together there as a memorial. That was done a lot in the Old Testament. Those were reminders. Um, throughout our countryside here, we have historical markers and and, and plaques and they remind us of some event in the past, something that happened here. It might have been a battle and a war or or some historical event happened. And and we got this monument or this historical marker just to remind us of this. one of the first things this Ebenezer does is a reminder. Yeah, uh, don't forget God helped you. Now, as as uh, the songwriter in in our hymn is bringing this out, he's bringing it out in the present tense. He's, he isn't really going back and saying, "Let's remember the days of Samuel," because that happened before we were around. But he says, "Here I raise my Ebenezer." Yeah, he doesn't say I raise Samuel's Ebenezer or Israel's. I'm raising up my own. Ebenezer. And and what he's doing through this uh, fount of every blessing hymn, this this is a hymn of thankfulness. And so what he's reflecting upon is, let's think about in our lives how God has helped us. And that's really why he's driving that there. And we're we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. But in the book of Psalms, chapter 46, the psalmist would say in the very first verse here, God is our, our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble that's that's again the idea of raising up an Ebenezer how how shallow and fickle and sad it is that when we have called out for God to help us maybe it's been an emergency run to the hospital maybe it's been a death maybe it's just we need God's mercy and forgiveness and God delivers but we don't raise up our Ebenezer. We quickly forget about that. That's that's just a sad sign. And so Samuel was wanting them to remember, don't forget God has been there for you. And not only is that a look backward, but that would help them in the future because there would be other days there'd be Philistines in their lives and there'd be other days trouble comes, as is with us. One storm passes and before long, here comes another storm. How can I get through this? I look over my shoulder, and there stands that rock, a reminder, God has helped me. Yeah, I love how Samuel put this lesson
0: to the people of Israel. He does not simply say, the Lord helped us. What he says is, till now, the Lord has helped us. I, I think it's a beautiful way. And the Psalm, even in, in its own way, we don't use the word hither very often, but here I raise my Ebenezer hither basically is a way of saying till now by thy help, I've, I've come. It's a beautiful way of expressing. Okay. I've made it this far and I've only made it this far because God has been with me. God, I I thank you for being my stone of help. I, I praise you as the fount of my blessings. But Roger, to your point, it's also now propelling me forward. I will continue to depend upon you and thank you Every step of the way. It's not just a memorial to the past, it is a foundation on which to build for the
1: future. Absolutely. So, so let's, let's peel back some layers here. Let's talk uh, about three specific areas here. How has God helped congregations? How has yeah. God helped my congregation? I raised my Ebenezer. What has God done?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, one of the most valuable things I think as a younger person, anyone can do, assuming you were not involved in the starting of a brand new local church family. That that certainly is a uh, a reality in some people's lives and thank God for that opportunity and make the most of it. But the majority of us are born into existing contexts, right? We are part we grow to be parts of church families that have been around much longer than we have. And so I think a lot of it from the standpoint of a younger person is recognizing okay, I come here and I worship in a building, let's say, that I didn't build. I I am a part of these blessings that people sacrificed and gave towards and in some instances literally built with their own hands and I I didn't do that I've just come in and am reaping the benefits of a lot of hard work I I am studying Bible class material that was written by someone else. I am singing songs that were written by men and women who have come before me. I'm even reading out of a Bible that people literally gave their lives to translate into the language that I speak. God's fingerprints are all over that, and for me, not to be aware of my history the history that now i enjoy I, I have these blessings because of those sacrifices that's that's ingratitude that's that's selfishness and and really a kind of
1: snobbery i'm afraid you know of. i i think about this matthew 20 parable when jesus talked about the laborers in the vineyard and he hired men early in the morning They most likely worked 12 hours. There was an agreement between them that they'd get a dinner eye or dinner at the end of the day. Three hours later, he hired some more. Three hours after that, more, all the way down to the 11th hour, which had been 5 o'clock, the Jewish time. And then at the end of the day, when they were getting paid, the man who only worked one hour got the same pay as the men who worked all day long. Hmm. And in Matthew 20, verse 12, the people that worked all day long, they complained, saying, these last men have worked only one hour, and you've made them equal to us who borne the, the burden of the day in the scorching heat of the day. And, and, and I think to what you just said, we think about those apostles. They went to cities, and there were no disciples. There were no church buildings. There were no hymns other than the Jewish hymns. There were no Bibles. They could not stand up and say, everyone turn over to the book of Colossians. There was no Colossians at that time. And they just had to preach their hearts out, and they were poorly treated. As you read 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 11, Paul says, We are hungry, we're thirsty, and we're homeless. But then comes another generation, and another generation, and another generation. And then comes the 11th hour group, and I sometimes wonder if that's us. And here we walk into church buildings, we have established elderships, we have Bibles and our phones and every translations we can ever imagine. We have hymns that were written hundreds and hundreds of years ago. We got PowerPoint, we got class material, everything's just laid out there for us. And we think at the end of the day, God's going to give us the same thing he gave those who worked so hard. Let's not be spoiled. No, no. (laughs) Raise up our Ebenezer, okay? God has been there for us, and God has helped us, not just personally, but as a people. And that's significant to realize and to help us. How about on a personal level? When we think, how has God helped me? You know, I
0: I think of how Paul writes to Timothy and commends him for his faith, but even reminds Timothy, kind of raises an Ebenezer in in that letter to Timothy that Timothy, you remember this is a faith that first dwelt in your mother and your grandmother. And I'm sure that it's in you, but again, appreciate the past. If you had a mother or father, grandmother, grandfather, perhaps with, with many of us, multiples of grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, brothers, sisters who have grown up as people of faith, what an incredible blessing. And for those of us who have been blessed in that way, let's, let's recognize God has helped me get to where I am today. Because of that blessing, now let me be that sort of a blessing in someone else's life. But this is the wonder of the church on the the individual saints who make it up, right? Jesus himself said, listen, many of you have left behind father and mother, brother and sister, you've left behind property and, and all of this context that you've had. But I'm telling you, in the kingdom, you will have many fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters, even if you did not have a biological father or mother who was a person of faith and helped you grow into be a a person of faith, that is the blessing of the church family, right? Look around at the Bible class teachers, the shepherds, the brothers and sisters all around you who continue to be a shaping influence in your life. Once again, God's fingerprints are all over that.
1: Yeah, and here's some other practical ways. You know, we just look in our life, the answer to prayer. How many times have we asked God, and God has answered our prayer? Uh, God has helped me. Raise up my Ebenezer, because God has helped me. Uh, The apostle would say in 1 Corinthians 10 that with every temptation, God provides a way of escape. How many times have we just escaped the clutches of the devil? We could feel his breath on our neck and he's about to get us, but there was a way out and God has helped us through that. We think about open doors, uh, doors of opportunity, doors of encouragement, doors which have helped us or we have helped others. God has been there. God has been our help. And how many times we've just opened up the pages of the Bible, and and maybe our hearts are not where they should be, and maybe we've got some loneliness, and the comfort of Scriptures has built us up, and God has helped us. I want to share something personal. This, this is my personal Ebenezer, and on my desk in the office, I have a whole stack of Bibles there that that are there, and I use them all the time. But there's three Bibles that are. Oh, I always get them in the right order, and and one is one of the first Bibles I ever used, and it it is it is missing some books of the Bible because they've just fallen out. <laughs> I mean, it is underlined. As a young preacher, I just wore that thing out. Next, right next to it is my father's Bible, and you know it, it's it's got. I see his fingerprints all over it. it mm. You know the pages are dirty. He has underlined multiple, multiple things in that. Uh, he was a faithful man of God. Next to his Bible is my grandmother's Bible, mm. and she was a she was a Christian. And some of her spelling is just cute because she, <laughs> she didn't she couldn't spell a lot of words. But 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 there there, there are three things right there, three generations. Yeah. And and I, and I pull out those Bibles all the time, and that has become my Ebenezer. Uh, he helped my grandma. He helped my father. He has helped me. Yeah. And that is it, so beautiful. And, and I think in some ways, you know, if you, if you just go out and you go on a, a trail somewhere and you pick up a rock and you just want to write, you know, God has been my help or here is how God helped me, put that on your desk. Have that reminder. I mean, that, that's what Samuel is wanting them to do. Don't forget this. This rock is going to stay here, and you're going to look at this. And it's going to help you. And just as when I come to my office, I got a full day of lots of things to do and I'm pulling out Bibles and I'm looking up verses and I'm running everywhere looking at things. I look over and there's those three Bibles, Mm. three generations. God has been my help.
0: Yeah, we talk every once in a while about how neither one of us have anything against uh, using phones or tablets to access God's Word. Uh, The main thing is to have accurate access to the Word of God, right? But I think, Roger, that's a powerful reminder of the the power of paper, the, the power of a tangible Bible. Just this past Sunday, we uh, have multiple drivers in our household, and it's a long story. Shelly, my wife, was riding with one of our daughters and inadvertently left her own Bible in her car. She thought that was the one she was going to take and ended up uh, leaving it in her car and riding with one of our daughters. So she came in a few minutes before we started and asked if if she could go in my office and grab a Bible. And um, during our, our initial scripture, reading, I, I look over and she hid grab. she knows where it is in my office, one of her grandfather's preaching Bibles. And she opens it up. And I mean, there was red, blue, yellow, underlining arrows, you know, pencil, pen, just written all over. it. And for the next hour, she was able not just to read God's word, but to read it in a sense, with the help of her grandfather, who's gone on to his eternal reward, right? She wouldn't have had that without that physical work, that, that, that tangible thing that, that we have held on to as a family.
1: It is, in its own way, a kind of Ebenezer. Absolutely, absolutely. And so next week, Lord willing, we're going to continue on with our series and talk about some more things oh the fount of every blessing everyone who's walking with Jesus we stand upon the shoulders of someone else someone has been there for us someone has helped us and in some ways we just need to reflect and think about that and and to remind ourselves above all things God has worked through those people and it was God who has helped us As
0: you mentioned at the top, we'll play this hymn in just a moment, encourage you to listen and even sing right along with us. But Roger, I appreciate you joining me today, appreciate you sharing, and we appreciate all of you for listening to the Heaven Bound podcast. We hope it's helped you set your mind on things above and given you a little more fuel for the journey. Always remember when you're walking with Jesus, you're heaven bound and the best is yet to come.